have you heard? The Birds, the Word. Section 336. The next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It They take care of everything, distribution, they help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. It's time for Section 336. Yo, Section 336, Baltimore's best. The number one podcast, forget the rest. Matt Burton, Josh, welcome to guests. The Ravens are back, no nonsense defense. So tune in every week, hear the stories get told. The Super Bowl champs crushing the Steelers and Colts. It's the time of the year for the purple pain. So sit back, let this podcast tickle your brain. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matthew Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the zany Burt Rowdy. What up, nerds? And the button lover, Josh Roca. Not bad for a running back. Oh, How's you got going? the button. You caught it. You wanted Not it. Not bad for a running back. That's the quote of the year right Not there. Not bad for a running back. <laughs> I love that button. <laughs> Not bad for a running back at all. See, I that was a nice part of the interview. That was the fun. That's the highlight. That's the takeaway. But I prefer the question. <laughs> Please tell me it was. I was trying to listen closely. Was it Coleman that asked him about uh, how the defense adjusts or whatever? And Lamar said, I don't know. I play offense. I don't know. <laughs> I listened to it multiple times, hoping it was Coleman for this stupid question. I don't know. Uh, let's start with Josh. And I can't believe Josh was, I guess, uh, doing a snowflake thing. I guess he was sick yesterday. Back in I my slept. day, we didn't take days off for sickness. We just did the show anyway. Yeah, and that was my plan, but then I I took off yesterday because I was sick. I fell asleep during the like afternoon games on Sunday and I didn't wake up until Monday evening. So, um yeah, I uh decided I would have no energy if we tried to do the show last night. So, yeah, I pushed it to Tuesday. I figured you guys pushed the show back enough, I can push it back once. In a while. Well, it was kind of annoying because I was freaking, and I know Bert was freaking pumped up to talk about my Ravens just totally dominating the Dolphins, and then you make me wait a day to talk about the most dominant offense that the modern NFL has have has ever seen. Well, because I didn't think it would be fair if we talked about the Ravens without seeing Joe Flacco's performance in Oakland. I, I don't care what Joe Flacco's doing uh, for the Denver Broncos. Joe Flacco's off my radar. Have a good life. Josh, do you I mean, care what I, Joe Flacco's doing? I'd like to cheer for Joe Flacco, sure. But I he watching Joe Flacco uh, be the same Joe Flacco that we've had for years versus the game that we just got to watch with Lamar Jackson makes me appreciate that we've moved on and left Joe Flacco alone. I, I've... 
I've been the same way with the Orioles, and I'll be the same way with the Ravens. I always have been with the Ravens, especially more so than the Orioles. But when the guy's off my team, you know, have a good life. I don't, I don't care about Terrell Suggs in Arizona. He's playing out the last few years of his career for some other team. Good for him. He's not yeah, a Raven he's gone anymore. Out the pasture. I don't care. Joe Flacco, don't care. Uh, Manny Machado, don't care. Uh, unless you're wearing a Baltimore uniform, get out of my face. Josh, if um, John Elway called yeah. Eric DaCosta and offered John El- and offered Joe Flacco for Lamar Jackson straight up, uh, <laughs> w- would you make that deal, Josh? No, I just started my thing <laughs> with saying I, I appreciate watching uh, Lamar. I know, and you guys, Bert was having fun on Sunday finding <laughs> old Joe Flacco tweets and retweeting them to me. I was trying, yeah. I know, you were trying. I will say I, I, did, I did on Sunday afternoon – I did go on my fantasy thing and pick up Joe Flacco. And that's only because I thought he might actually be okay in Denver, and James Winston was crap for me on Sunday. Because <laughs> we're in a 2QB league. Oh, my gosh. I, how I, many teams I, are I, in your league? Ten. Okay. Ten. That's why we go 2QBs, to make it tighter with the QB market. <laughs> but uh, it's all right. Lamar Jackson got me enough points for, like, three or four different guys on the team. So we're all good. Uh, Bert? Right, Matt? I feel like Bert has been waiting. And I, Josh, do we want to make this a fantasy football podcast, or can we talk about the Ravens? Matt, Matt lost to me on Sunday. Um, That's why he's not going to talk about it or brag about his team this year. That's Bert, okay. I lost to my brother, too. It's all good. Bert, you uh, it's been a tough week for brothers. Bert, um, you have been waiting, I feel like, since the Baltimore Ravens arrived in Baltimore for them to have a non-embarrassing offense. You've been waiting probably since Elvis Gerback for the Ravens to have a decent offense, an offense that's exciting. Now that we got slow, check down Joe Flacco out of here, Bert, you must have been in heaven watching this high-powered, high-fly offense, right? I was thoroughly enjoying myself. Uh, And once they brought in Lamar Jackson midway through last year, I was all back in. Remember, I used to go to Costco every Sunday. I could not watch the Joe Flacco-led Ravens anymore. I was over it. And as soon as Lamar Jackson was named the starter, I watched every single game for the rest of last year because it's a completely different style of football. Even if he's having a bad day, it's more fun than watching a hub, ho-hum uh, Joe Flacco-led offense with dump-down passes and all that garbage. Um, I love Lamar Jackson. I would have still loved Lamar Jackson if he didn't have a career day. Uh, it's just that the Ravens... I hope it can continue, obviously. It's, it's going to be virtually impossible to replicate what we just saw against uh, Miami on Sunday. But just to con- continue just being creative to step on the opponent's throats. They could have won that game 17 to nothing, and, and it would have been fine. They could have won it 17 to 10. It would have been fine. But yet they, if you want to be a dominating team in the AFC, you got to dominate the opponents and kick the, de- the Dolphins when they're down kick the Cardinals next Sunday, kick them all over the place, uh, and until they can put a team on the field against you that can compete. Not bad for a running back. Absolutely. Bert, you have also been critical in the past of John Harbaugh. Yes. You guys remember it was not that long ago when in uh, – what, what, what is it called the, um, that everyone watches where they measure how fast someone runs and how much – The combine. The combine. And there was a lot of coaches and scouts saying, 
hey, Lamar should try to do some things as a wide receiver. Just go out there and catch some balls just so what we can see what it would look like if you as a wide receiver. And Lamar said no. And Lamar said no. And then the draft happened. And 32 teams had a chance to draft him. And they said, no, I don't want to draft Lamar Jackson as a quarterback, so we're going to pass on him. And John Harbaugh took a chance on him. Um, and, and, and not only that, I think I'm just so impressed by John Harbaugh on so many levels. John Harbaugh took this Joe Flacco-led, boring offense, defense-led team, and just in the matter of a year and a half, has kind of transformed it and tailored to Lamar Jackson's strengths. And this is John Harbaugh, who's been in the NFL coaching for a long time now. Often you see head coaches who are stuck in their ways and try to get you know players to go in their system. Not John Harbaugh. I just think it's been a, a, a tremendous job by John Harbaugh. I totally, I totally agree with you. And let's talk about John Harbaugh for a moment because he was talking all offseason about how this is going to be an exciting offense, nothing like you've seen before. Then he was hyping up that Lamar was going to set records for running. And then he ran on Sunday two times for six yards. Do you think that's because he didn't have to run at all against the Dolphins, which is true? Or do you think that John Harbaugh was just talking all this crap about Lamar running nonstop because he was keeping in his back pocket that Lamar learned to throw the ball? I think uh, we're definitely going to see Lamar Jackson run this year. But Oh, I'm sure. He didn't when, he, need to, when he needs to. He didn't need to do it because he was killing them with his arm. And he's put the rest of the league on notice that, hey, Lamar Jackson can kill you with his arm if you uh, try and stop him running. Okay, so you go and uh, you shut down his pass, well, then he's going to run it down your throat. So you got to show every aspect. And Harbaugh maybe should get some credit for tailoring the offense around him. But why could he not tailor an offense around Joe Flacco? There's a reason Harbaugh was on the hot seat until Lamar Jackson stepped up and uh, put this team in the playoffs last year. I was all for getting rid of Harbaugh when I was fed up with the Joe Flacco offense because I was just tired of it. It was the same old Ravens we've seen since 2012 when they won the Super Bowl and haven't done anything since then under Joe Flacco and John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh should be scrubbing Lamar Jackson's cleats before every game <laughs> because Lamar Jackson saved him his job. And you can give credit to Got Harbaugh. Got a nice extension. Harbaugh definitely deserves some credit, but there's been a lot of coaching staff turnover, and and maybe he's got some credit for putting some uh, coaches in where there should be and and uh, setting game plans to, to show Lamar's strengths. But again, without Lamar Jackson, uh, Harbaugh's gone. And let's not forget also DaCosta in this whole situation, where the game starts out with Mark Ingram, the old, the old man running uh, 40 yards, I believe, 40-something yeah. in Love there. Love it. So that... That immediately you show the running game works, and they used every running back. So then they had to put pressure up for the running game, to help, which then helped open up that backfield for uh, Hollywood Brown. Yeah, well, and this is not by accident, right? Like, we've heard about this all off season. This is the game plan to get speed on this team, speedy, speedy re, 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 receivers like Hollywood Brown, to, so you can go deep, right? And we saw deep passes to Hollywood Brown. We saw deep passes to, 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 Will, to Willie Sneed. Uh, this is by design, right? So mm-hmm. you can take pressure up front. And so if, you know, you, you can't put, you know, nine guys in the box and stop us right. from running because we can take the top off with our speedy re- re- and that's, receivers. That's the whole that's design totally of the what's, That's what was so fun about the game on Sunday is I think every wide receiver caught the ball. Every running back got a run. Uh, didn't Ricard even get a touchdown? Yeah. Like everyone was, was touching the ball and it was like different stuff. Uh, the the fake the fake punt run up the middle, like they were doing pulling out 
everything, letting everyone play. Yeah, eight, eight different receivers. The guy who led the team in receptions was not Marquise Brown. It was actually Mark Andrews with eight receptions. Um, and, yeah, eight different people caught the ball. So just a total kind of team effort. Got a touchdown from Andrews, two touchdowns from Brown, a touchdown from Boykin, a touchdown from Rickard, a touchdown from Sneed. So it was just – it was all around. You could not, you could not script – and and not and not to mention the opening drive. What when you, when 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 you, you got an interception from from Thomas? Like mm-hmm. you just couldn't script a better start to to the season. And I think another reason why Lamar didn't run is because um, he could sit in the pocket. He had so day. much time, so yeah. much time. Yeah. Like, there's Our no reason. Line. I'll just wait for a receiver. Yeah. I don't need to run. Right, the line was just giving him all the time. Now that's the Miami Dolphins. Oh, can I make one more point about John Harbaugh? Yeah. There's going to be, there has been in the past, drama with, in New York Giants, with Eli Manning and whoever's behind him. That, that was like last year there was some drama. There's going to be drama this year again. We see this happen all the time with great quarterbacks, who, or quarterbacks who are at one time great, win Super Bowls. I mean, famously, the whole Brett Favre didn't want to leave Green Bay. Like, there's been scenes where really good quarterbacks who've been there for a while when it's time for them to kind of step down because you're getting older, there's a lot of tension there often. Sure. It's kind of impressive, going back to John Harbaugh, that Joe Flacco got hurt, which turns out probably to be a good thing in retrospect. I'm sure Bert would agree with that. Yes. To get Lamar in. And now, like, he was able to give Joe another starting job in Denver and kind of, I don't know, I think this is the best possible outcome um, for Joe Flacco and for the Ravens. And there's no controversy no one's quarterback. Bitter. It's just it was a really smooth transition, and I think a lot of credit goes to John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta for making this transition smooth. He won a Super Bowl, and uh, we're grateful for that. We always will be, but it comes a time to go your separate ways. Yeah, and I think it's okay, right? Yeah, to totally. still love Joe Flacco yep. and still be a, a Joe Flacco supporter. I guess <laughs> that's that's you guys who still hang on to those feelings. I I I have a hard time. Having any feelings? I he mean, went, Bert. When Bert, he retires, Bert. when he retires and comes back to MNT Bank Stadium and waves to the crowd, then I'll be happy. Right now, he's still playing active in the NFL for an opposing team that is not my Ravens. So why should I wish him have any success? Bert, don't you like watch the NFL though? Yes. And you have players that you like more than you like other players, even on teams that aren't the Ravens. I unless they're on my fantasy team. But who in the world would start Joe Flacco on their fantasy team? An idiot. Bert, right. but, what, but but even like when Ed Reed went to the Jets or went to the Texans, you're telling me that you didn't kind of keep an eye on that and kind of watch him because I mean it was hard to because he kept going to like three different teams that season. It was hard to follow so. where he was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, to be honest, no. I uh, I no. I was watching the Ravens every Sunday. All right. Sorry. All right. <laughs> All right. Fine. Uh, Bert, Bert's the rare case. He's not like these Oriole fans. He's not who, sentimental at all. Up, a minor leaguer who's now was traded when he was crap and now is doing good in another team. Bert, let's go of them once they leave Baltimore. Absolutely, man. Once they leave Birdland, who cares? Absolutely. Once Michael Eyes fires them, he's done with <laughs> them. Right. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, I uh, I want to say that this coming Sunday, I, I, I'm a man of routine, uh, maybe a little bit of superstition. 
But I will be watching the game again this Sunday at Looney's in Perry Hall because that's where I was this past Sunday. It was an amazing game, amazing experience. I would very much like to replicate it this coming Sunday when we host Arizona. So at, at Looney's, huh? Any three three sixers in Perry Hall? Any three three sixers in Perry Hall? Come by and uh, watch the game with me. Right. Well, I'll be watching the game the same place I watched this week as well. So uh, we got right. that in common. Yeah, me, me too. <laughs> down here, in, down here in Florida, with a minute and a half delay. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, I know. I, I tried to uh, video chat with Matt and Dad during the game. Go to Buffalo Didn't Wild Wings or game. something like that. I know. I think it's the NFL ticket versus <laughs> uh, whatever Comcast. Oh, okay. I don't know. I've got the NFL ticket. Gotcha. Yeah, is, there, is there anything else from the week that uh, besides the Ravens outside the NFL, and then we'll move to the Orioles because there's some Orioles news here. Um, but anything else that, that happened in the NFL that kind of surprised you outside of the Ravens? Uh, oh, I got I got one thing that surprised me this week. Uh, if I would have bet you this time last year that RG3 would throw a touchdown pass before Andrew Luck, <laughs> would you have taken that bet? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder – I wondered with uh, Andrew Luck out and with the guy – who's the guy in Jacksonville? Foles? Yeah. It got hurt. I'm surprised the Ravens don't try to market RG3 to, the, to those teams and say, hey, we'll trade you RG3. What are you going to get for him, though? Uh, more than you got for for uh, the kicker. Yeah, and, and if you're the Ravens, though, and Lamar got... Jackson, he's about 5'10", right, 110 right. pounds soaking wet. I guess you want him for those yeah. blowouts, get him out of safety. Well, and in case anything happens, heaven forbid. And and, and RG3 and Lamar Jackson run a similar offense, so why not have sure. your backup just be a not-as-good version of you? Well, sure, but Older, remember the Ravens are carrying three quarterbacks. Yeah, but they're not going to activate Trace McSorley on a Sunday. Yeah, I think McSorley's a bum if you want to know my personal thoughts on it. I watched his preseason games. He was making them... But that guy has no arm strength. Like, Lamar Jackson right. shows he can make all the throws, and he showed it on, on Sunday. I don't think McSorley can make the throws, but that's yeah, I don't know. a separate discussion. At least not this year. Maybe he can do a little transformation yeah. like uh, Lamar did all, during the offseason. Yeah, like McSorley's – the Ravens is done if something happens Lamar and McSorley's your oh, guy. Oh, totally. Like the Ravens are done. Well, totally. even if it's RG – if RG3 is your guy for long term, you're done. Oh, he went six for six, Josh. Six for six. Yeah, 100% Miami Dolphins. Rate. Blowout game. The Dolphins, were, the Dolphins were pulling people off the field by that point. I know. It was a little unfortunate they went for six for six because people were debating, right? Is this how good Lamar was or is this how bad the Dolphins were? And then sure. people point to, well, even RG3 <laughs> right, went six right. for six. Like, uh, maybe it was the Dolphins. <laughs> right, right. I saw the Ravens are now number one in offense and number one in defense after week one. So we'll have to see if they can keep it up after uh, – Playing some real opponents. Well, they got some but, wiggle room but, too with that points per game. They got a big lead. Yeah, yeah. But I guess what you really wanted to do is you want to bring it back and talk about AB. Oh no, that was not where I wanted. To go. That I wasn't your, <laughs> anything else weird in the NFL. No, my. You know what my other weird thing is? Well, all right, what's your other weird thing? It's not weird. It's just it makes me so happy that the Browns. Oh, the oh yeah, they're horrible. Browns yes. going to Browns. Yeah, they Browns. got blown out by an average Titans team. Oh, that agree. made me so happy. Yes, that the Browns no, just. Are, were terrible. Right. I don't remember. Did any of us really get on to believe the Browns were no, going to be good? No. I, I was against it from day well, we, one. Well, I thought all three of us were kind of saying the Browns are the Browns. You yeah, can't I mean, change love, the Browns. I love Odell Beckham, but 
being watching the AFC North for as long as we have, right? The Browns. How do you go from being the most incompetent franchise and then overnight you get Odell Beckham and all of a sudden you're you're relevant again? And I was never a Baker Mayfield is the next incarnation of, I don't know, Tom Brady. I was never on that bandwagon either. So it just makes me happy. All the teams in the AFC North lost. It made me happy to see – you know, and you, you never want to see the Patriots win, but it's always fun to see the Steelers get blown out. Sure. Oh, are the Steelers – the Steelers are really bad this year apparently. Uh, I think this is more of a – like or the do you Ravens, think the Patriots are really unbelievable. I think the Patriots are just really good. It's a it's a perfect Sunday when we win and the other three uh, yeah. division teams lose. Perfect One Sunday, Kenneth. Yeah. And not only do you win, you win fifty nine to ten. Like, what more do you want? Yeah, based on Sunday, if we go eight and eight, we're a playoff team because <laughs> those AFC North teams are right. terrible. I mean, the I, Bengals look probably the, probably the best out of the out of the other other three. I kind of don't want to watch the game this Sunday. I I wish the season ended right now because it can't get any better than this. <laughs> That's right. right, right. When you have Just a cancel perfect the season, go on right, straight. Perfect, perfect passer rating. Which do you either? You know how the passer rating works? Nope. No one. How does. is how is one fifty eight point three perfect? It's like, wouldn't it perfect war. be like one fifty nine or one sixty? Or is it like a weighted thing where you can get above perfect, like a, like, like a GPA type thing? This guy's walking in with a 5.0 GPA. Right. <laughs> and, how do you, and how are you perfect if you throw incomplete passes? Well, they only had like two incomplete passes or how I many? I think it was three, yeah. I think you had three. Oh, three but sorry. perfect, perfect tells <laughs> – but see, the word perfect says zero to me. Perfect. You can get an A+, plus, but a perfect would seem to outweigh that. I don't know. There must be some weighted things in there or something. I don't know. Wooza wuzzle. I've never yeah. right. I've never seen a perfect passer rating or really cared to look at a passer rating, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Is there war in football? Do we have that yet? War? Yeah. Do we have the uh, war stat no, in there's, football? There's D E F and D E F R. Which is like a defense and defensive rated. Why or don't all sports have war? That's easy. Wins above their replacement. Why doesn't why don't all sports have war? I don't know. Okay. Well, if someone the get NFL on that. has war. Uh, Fangraphs, get on that. There's yeah. some. There's a bunch of stats for football, but football is behind. Like baseball is like. Right. Is they, the we're always stats. Edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So football is trying to catch up, and football is catching up with people like PFF. And even Ken McCusick, who are who are kind of making stats up and working, they ain't talking kinda, about more. They're making stuff up, but they're also like working together to build these stats. Yeah. So um, they do have something called DVOA, which is kind of like a war, or AV, which is like approximate value, where because they tie it in with the money because of salary cap issues. Well, they so, got some work to do because I never heard any of those stats. And every baseball fan has heard of war. So, AV is the approximate value. It's an attempt to put a single number on a seasonal value of a player at any position. Oh, yeah, sounds like war. Sounds like war. Yeah. All right, fine. I'll check out people's AVs. Yeah, check it out. All right. Um. Any. So. So uh, I think that wraps up football. I, I yeah. assume our view of Arizona. We're gonna just. Um, Ky, uh, Ky, Kyler Murray looked. Bad for three quarters. I watched that fourth quarter game in the overtime because it was it switched over and it was televised on Fox. Oh, man, he looked pretty good the second uh, that fourth quarter. But he's a five foot two rookie quarterback, so I assume we'll we'll smother him, right? We, we are we worried at all about Arizona? We're just going to crush him, right? 
We'll beat them. We are 13 and a half point favorites. What? Going yeah. into the game. Yeah. 13 yeah. and a half? Yeah. Yeah. Oh Don't my, worry. That's it's a huge number. Yeah, it's a huge number. <laughs> it's oh, a huge when was number. the last time we were 13 and a half points favorites over anybody? I don't know. And we were and seven over a, Dolphins. It's a big enough number that if I didn't watch last week's game, I would bet well, I would bet against the Ravens and say the Ravens games are always close. But it wasn't last week, so I'm, I wouldn't touch that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with the momentum coming off of that win and coming back home, first home game of the year. Uh, it, it's going to be a heavy plate for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, Arizona Cardinals, it's not like they're coming off of a blowout loss. Like, they, well, they, they tied, they tied. Right? Yeah, 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 it's a tie. Yep. And, Ky- yeah, tie. and Kyler Murray, I mean, he threw for over three, three, 300 yards. And like I said, he had a great fourth quarter. That, that was a comeback uh, victory. And Larry, and Larry Fitzgerald, he had like over 100 yards. Yeah, uh, on my bench. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, 50-year-old guy doesn't even care. Nope. I don't know. Do they have come in with any extra motivation because of a tie? Or just... Who cares? They couldn't win. Uh, it's like kissing your sister, and nobody's bragging about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you, if you watch that game, they had no business be, even being in the game to the fourth quarter. And then they came back, and then they had a chance in overtime, a couple chances. I mean, one guy had an interception that hit him in the chest that would have been the win, mm. and he just dropped it. So, I mean, they, they missed – I mean, they should have lost, but then they missed some opportunities to – to to win it as happens. Right. Well, the Ravens should win. It's home. It's in Baltimore. M and T's. What's going to be cool is that the fans are going to be excited and be pumped up because of last week's win. Sure. So you're going to get a rock in M and T Bank. But anything less than a fifty burger, and I'm disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> Season's over. Hey, I saw. I saw this year at M and T, they are doing a chicken nugget giveaway, if the opponent misses their field goal. So that way, to get everyone all excited what's, and cheering for the missed field goal, what's, what's the, if he misses uh, it, you get like place. six. You get like six free nuggets from where? McDonald's. Oh, okay. Well, I'll pass. No, no one's getting on Chick Fil A. None of these NFL teams are going to touch that. Oh, I well, forgot. Plus, Chick-fil-A you couldn't go place. after a game. I'm all I'm Popeyes all day. A Popeyes? Yeah. Oh, I guess or a Wendy's. Wendy's has good nuggets. No, Wendy's, no, no place has good nuggets. All right, get out of here. By the way, last time get nuggets at a store. Nuggets. That, Zaxby's what, what down 10? here. I go with Zaxby's down here. They got real good chicken strips. When I when I just said uh, a tie is like kissing your sister, I didn't mean your guy's sister specifically. I just yeah. Meant we we know the, the phrase. phrase. We know the phrase. Okay, good. Bert's just trying to point out that he's kissing our sister. Man, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even know how to respond. <laughs> It's like kissing right. Matt and hey, Josh's Matt. sister. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know this is episode 336. Is it really? I was wondering oh, when we were going to get to that. Yeah. I just thought of that. Yeah, this bag. episode. And that means Bert's done about 250 episodes. <laughs> I can't believe you got me to do that many. That's true. I, I That's can't sad. believe you haven't quit yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every week I pop on here and I think Bert's head, this is the week Bert's head's not going to pop up there. <laughs> it's like Every uh, week it pops up there. <laughs> it's like Ben Affleck going to pick up Matt Damon for work. In Goodwill Hunting. One day I'm going to come. You're not going to be here. <laughs> and I'll be happy. <laughs> exactly right. Right. Well, now with Lamar, I think we got Bert's attention for another 16 weeks. Uh, yeah, at least until the wheels fall off. Or if he gets hurt, right, I'm right. out. <laughs> <laughs> We're all out. Shut yeah, down right. the show. Um, let, let's transition to, uh, so the Ravens are a team on the rise. Mm-hmm. The Orioles are a team. Slowly oh, yeah. on the rise. Are they? Are they, though? Very, they're, very slowly. 
Yeah, they seem to be throwing people overboard <laughs> awfully quickly to be a team on the rise. Hey, they are uh, one game right now short of their record from last year for wins. I consider uh, tossing dead so, weight. I think the fact that if they get two more wins this season, that's a rise. Yeah, but what are you guys' thoughts on some of the bigger movements happening here? I mean, we're up to about 24 um, personnel yeah. who have had their contracts not renewed, which is a nice way to say have been fired, um, including former Orioles like Jeff Manto, Ryan Miner, Scott McGregor. I mean, the Orioles are – Mike Elias is – not the Orioles, Mike Elias. He's clearing house. I mean, or earlier that there was um, Nathan Showalter, a bunch of scouts, including our boy Trip Norton was let go. Now even more guys are let go. Here near the end of the season, I mean, what are you guys' thoughts? Are you guys surprised by this? What are you guys' thoughts on Michael Elias clearing house? Uh, for one thing, any of those guys, with maybe the exception of Scott McGregor, I couldn't tell you if they were in the organization at all and if they were what their jobs were. And maybe I'm just too casual of a fan to know or care. But my other point being... This is what we brought Mike Elias in here to do. Uh, bring in your guys, revitalize this franchise, get rid of the dead weight, bring in people that are going to help bring us a World Series. And apparently there's something in these guys like Ryan Miner and, and Jeff Manto that uh, he doesn't think are, are going to fit the bill. And maybe he's got someone else in mind. Uh, I'm sure he does or else he wouldn't let him go, but... I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. Let, let Mike Elias do what we brought him here to do. That's me. Josh, yeah, is Mike Elias yeah. done with this? Is he done no. with firing people? No. No, he's not is done with firing people. Is this going to his head? Is he turned into people. Donald Trump? Just like to say, when, you're fired. You're fired. When Mike, Elias, you're fired. when Mike Elias got the job in November, everybody was that put a on button for the Orioles. You're fired. I mean, I've got a Donald Trump button here somewhere. No, I don't think I loaded it. The Joe Flacco it's just, elite. It's just the Joe Flacco elite <laughs> comment. Um, all right, so everyone was put on notice in November when he came on board. I think they were lucky that he didn't fire them before this season started, so he, they had their jobs for another year. Um, I find it interesting that he fired a bunch of scouts without really plans to replace them, and I wonder how he's going to replace some of these guys because – we can all agree that scouts are useless and computers do a better job than scouts. We cannot agree with that, but okay, <laughs> go ahead. Whoa. We can jump on board that you don't need uh, scouts all over the country when you can have videotapes and cameras all over the Let's country. Let's just say I'd rather have less scouts in the U.S. and more in small villages in Venezuela. There you go. All right, I'll go with that. I'll get you that. All right, but, but you do need coaches. and I, Mantos, I don't know what he, his job was. He was a hidden coordinator. For, McGregor uh, was team. like a was a pitching coach down in Sarasota. Yeah, doing a lot of rehab stuff. Right, he was helping with rehab. Um, so I don't know what value he is, and how you you can't replace that position with a computer. So someone's got to do that. Uh, Ryan Miner, he was was he Delmarva coach? No, he was recently promoted to Frederick. He was Frederick. All right, that's right because Delmarva was winning things. Well, maybe since. The Ironbirds were winning games. Delmarva was winning games. Bowie was winning games. They had to fire the Keys guy for not It wasn't just not playoffs. winning games. I don't know if you're joking, Josh, but it's not just about winning games. Those pitchers in Delmarva were blowing up, not so right. much in Frederick. And even in Bowie, they were, they were doing well. That's right. So, yeah, so I don't know. I guess there's something there. Maybe. So, I don't. And there's cert there could certainly be something that we just don't know and will never know, but maybe these are guys 
that are just not buying into the new system. Yeah, and, yeah. and he's like, well, Remember, if you're not going to buy into what I'm setting up here, you're gone. Yeah, they're all old school guys. So if they're not buying in with the <laughs> analytics, then replace them with nerds. Right. I don't I don't think it's even a matter of buying, of buying in. Ryan Miner was fired the second Mike Elias was hired. It just took him a while to get around to it. Because remember, <laughs> Mike Elias was hired late in the offseason. Yeah. And he had a bunch of like, the Orioles didn't have a manager right. when Mike Elias right. was hired. So his job was like to get a manager for the Orioles and to get like a coaching staff for the Orioles. And he couldn't really worry about the minor leagues so much. Right. And so this all, like, this does not surprise me at all. No matter what Ryan Miner did, I don't care if Frederick won every single game of the season. He was a dead man walking because this offseason is Michael Elias' first real full offseason. And he's talked about this over and over again, that he wants every single minor league coach, every single minor league personnel guy doing the same thing, like on the same page, with the same vision, with the same – teaching the same um, metrics – um, using the same technology, understand the same technology. Sure. Why would you teach Ryan Miner how to use this technology when you could just bring in a guy who already knows it? Sure. Um, I think this happens. I mean, tur- tur- turnover in baseball happens all the time, but especially when you're an organization. I mean, I would be concerned if Michael Elias kept all the same managers and said, oh, I can still do this with the same managers. Yeah. That's not what we hired Michael Elias to do. We hired Michael Elias because we were an a organization that was behind everybody else. So let's clean house. Yes. And he, he wanted to clean house last offseason, but he was hired too late in the game to clean house because it was just not enough time and everybody was already hired and there was not enough time to find all his positions. So he's like, all right, I'll wait till this year. And now I'm doing what I wanted to do last offseason, what the Orioles need to do. So this is expected. This is good. I, I, I mean, I hope people who – like Scott McGregor has a lot of ties to the organization. I'm sure – Dad's pissed about this, but they're gonna find a job for Scott McGregor. But that sounds like so. That's why Scott McGregor was changed to like he's not fired. He's community relations right. and Dream Week guy, and right. because Special of all those instructor. right, because you're trying to keep those old Oriole fans like our parents. Well, he's an Orioles that know Scott McGregor. Well, and he's an Scott Orioles McGregor. Hall of Famer, and he's a hero from the '83 World Series, and he'll be treated right. as such every time he comes to Baltimore. But he doesn't have to work for the baseball team. Well, right. He's doing the same thing that, like, Eddie Murray's doing and Joe Orsalak. Sure. Um, as far as these guys being replaced, here's the quote from Mike Elias when asked about, hey, are all these guys just going go, go, go to be replaced? Or, as Josh said, are they going to be replaced with robots? And Mike Elias's quote was, quote, I expect an increased headcount relative to what was here, for sure. But we'll be doing a lot of different stuff across all levels. And here, here's, here's the next part, which is my favorite part of the quote. And we can just use our imagination here for a second. He said, quote, there are going to be positions here. <laughs> there, there, there are going to be positions here that the Orioles have never. Um, I guess, does this make sense? There are going to be positions here that the Orioles have never existed before with the Orioles. That sentence doesn't yeah. make sense. I'm just reading the quote. No, but they're, but, they're, they're making up new positions yeah. that the Orioles have never had. Like, like uh computer guy that watches video or whatever. Yeah, so just let your imagination wander about new positions that have never existed before. Michael Elias will invent them and will have them. And I, I just right. wonder if podcasts fall under any of the positions. Right. Where do we send that? Where do we send for podcaster? Yeah. <laughs> I, get, I, I guarantee we can do a funner interview than Rock sitting in the dugout pregame. 
I I know uh, Mike Mike Elias is a brilliant guy, uh, but I get the feeling that like if we were able to just to be a fly on the wall during one of his meetings where he's talking about his plans and things that he's going to uh, uh, implement within the system and people he needs to let go because they're like I feel like it would make our heads explode. It's so far above our pay grade. We have we have no idea what he's doing, and not that we should. And I feel like if he tried to explain it to us, uh, we we couldn't even (laughs) comprehend what he's talking about. All right, Masson, weird timing. Masson just showed showed on the in the dugout. uh, They did a close up that I've never seen before. Where in the dugout they've got three iPads sitting on the back table, and they've got little uh, label makers in the top corner. And one says lefty batters, righty. The next one says righty batters, and then I can't see what the third one says. And it's videos that they can tap on and play. They're allowed to have so that I in the dugouts? I guess they're having it in the dugout now, yeah. Huh. I mean, I guess I know they were banning, like, Apple Watches a few years ago, but now they've got iPads sitting right there in the dugout. Yeah. I thought I thought Bert was going to go in a different direction with that before Masson distracted me. With uh, I thought you were going to go with a George Costanza-type thing when he, he's running the Yankees. <laughs> Elias is pulling out the 100% cotton uniforms. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, I think Bert might be onto something. I... I, I remember working with, and I'm an English teacher, and I remember at one point in my career, I worked with two fellow English teachers that were probably like the smartest, not even English people, just smartest dudes I've ever met. And they just both happened to be teaching English at the same school as I was at. And I remember sitting in the room with them where they would have conversations about English stuff, right? Authors and books and, and texts. And I, I, and I would follow them for about five minutes, and they were going completely over my head, and I would have no idea what they were talking about for, for like a half hour. I would just be clueless, just nod my head there and smile like a doofus. I think sometimes we have this image where people in, in, power, in positions of power, right, like a president or even like a general manager, we assume that they're so brilliant and smart to be making all these decisions and getting here. And then every now and then, like, we realize, well, maybe they're not all that – like, maybe they're just average Joes who somehow – kind of lucked into their position. And that's kind of how I felt with Dan Duquette. Not that he just got there by luck, but I felt like if he was going to have a conversation with me about baseball, I could hang with Dan Duquette. But you're right. If Sigma Dell and Michael Elias are having to talk about analytics and baseball, I might be with Bert. Like, I might be realizing I am so far in over my head, I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. I, I think Sigma Dell or Michael Elias – could uh, try and explain to us why they fired Jeff Manto, and we still wouldn't get it. <laughs> yeah. And they could be 100% truthful and honest and transparent. Yeah. And they'd know have, exactly why they did it. They'd and have to talk no to idea. us like we're kindergartners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> break this down to me like I was eight. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Break this down to me like I was three. Like, explain the surplus to Michael Scott. Let's go. <laughs> um, the other news I wanted to get to... Um. Do you guys see the Red Sox, either today or yesterday? I don't know. I think today. Maybe yesterday. No, it was yesterday. The it was yesterday. Red Sox yes. were eliminated from the playoffs. Reigning World Sad. Series champions. Sad day. And the day before, you guys saw this. They fi- yeah, they Dave fired Dave Zabrowski, their general manager, a year after winning the World Series and having one of the best records in baseball, he was fired. You're fired. Dave Zabrowski was fired. You're fired. And my first thought was, well, I had three thoughts. My first one was, what, is Mike Elias now in control of who gets fired in, in Boston? Because he just, <laughs> is he firing everybody, even, even in teams in the NLEs? And then I thought, oh, that's, un-. And my second thought was, crap, 
this guy just won a World Series. Right. Can you imagine like the Orioles firing someone a year after they won the World Series? No, that guy would have a job for life if they won the World yeah. Series. <laughs> That's the standard up there. And then my third thought was, oh, crap. Mike Elias really did get Dave Zembrowski fired with the Wade Miley deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was probably the thing where they're looking back, like you traded. We needed pitching mean, help, and you got Wade you Miley. Kashner. Kashner. Oh, Kashner. I'm sorry. No, Wade Miley is actually a good pitcher. Yeah, Wade and, Miley's having a good season. And Andrew Kashner got my lefties confused. Yeah, Andrew Kashner. That I think Andrew Kashner was like the owner saw that and said, "No, David Zabrowski, we needed help at the trade deadline. You get you gave us Andrew Kashner, who couldn't even make it as a bullpen arm." Dave Zembrowski, you're fired. So I love that Mike, I, Mike Elias got another uh, GM fired in the AL East. The, the difference would be uh, if the Orioles win a World Series anytime soon, it'll be the first time in 30-plus years. So you're right. The, you're not letting the GM go the very next year after we win a World Series. But Boston, they've won the World Series, what, like every two to three years for the last 10 years. Yeah, they had this every other year thing going on for a while. Exactly. So that it doesn't necessarily – I mean, it is a little surprising, but the, they they want to be at least in the playoffs every year, uh, and they are a huge disappointment this year. So, you know. I mean, September, 10, September 9th they were eliminated. It's not like they were eliminated in July, like yeah. the Orioles. September 9th, I don't know. That sounds like an overreaction to me. But I always like it when GMs that aren't the Orioles get fired because it means. <laughs> I mean, he just won a he just won a World Series. Another team's going to grab him immediately. He'll have no problem. Yeah, I don't know. He's older. I don't know. He's older, and teams are going younger. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's the ageism. Giants. The Giants also fired a bunch of scouts today too. Well, their same situa- situation, right? Yeah. Where they had a yep. new GM come in last year, uh, uh, analytics Saidi guy. Uh, Who's analytics driven? So similar situation to the. They're Orioles. also a team that wins the World Series every two to three years. Yeah, yeah. So I know Zaidi wants to do a little bit of more of a, a kind of a retooling and rebuild, but they'll probably have a lot less patience for it than we have here in Baltimore. In Baltimore, we're good to wait. <laughs> we're not used to winning around here. We'll wait a little bit yeah. for it. Yeah, just promise us one World Series. Is all we're yeah, asking. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it in twenty twenty five. If you know, you if know we what? know it's coming, we'll wait. Right. If I see one. In the next few years, I'll be happy the rest of my life. That's right. You give me one, and I'll die a happy man. And, oh, and as long as you give us a few years of competitive baseball, maybe a playoff appearance every 14 years, we're okay <laughs> with that too. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll be fine with that. I'll always ask for more, but it's, <laughs> it's better than nothing. I'll, you'll, I'll still like praise you forever. Yeah. Uh, on the field, I don't know. if Is anyone still watching the on-the-field product? I saw Austin Hayes got the call up. Uh, that was nice to see. I didn't think he was going to get the call up. Yeah, I guess it was a weird thing where there was an adjustment to the rules where Arizona Fall League guys could play with the major league. This is a change. Where, is that what happened? Because that's yeah. what I I thought he was going to be Fall League, and then I saw he was up. Well, he is Fall League. And I guess originally, if you were Fall League, you couldn't be part of the expanded rosters. But then baseball changed it to Fall League guys. Could be part of the expanded rosters and then go to Arizona once the kind of the regular season ends. And so Austin Hayes was caught up. Um, and I saw him want, make a nice play in center field where he got a great jump and he dove and caught the ball. And it was like, oh, my gosh, that is what a center fitter looks like. I haven't <laughs> seen one all season since Cedric Mullins left. Um, that is what a center fitter looks like. Oh, there's one other right. thing I wanted to get to. You guys see what's happening tonight in, in Bowie? You guys see this, the shenanigans 
taking place in Double A right now? You guys pay attention I mean, no, to this? They're, they're they're in the playoffs now. Yeah, that's yeah. about you, as far as I get. Yeah, I don't know about any shenanigans. Oh, there are some serious shenanigans going on right now in Double A and the Bowie Bay Sox because they're in the playoffs and they're playing um, uh, Trenton. Yeah, and Trenton is is the farm team, of course, of the New York Yankees. And it just so happens that during the playoffs, all of these former Yankee starters are making their rehab starts. Uh, oh yeah, during I the see playoffs. Ben t- Dylan Batances is pitching. Batances is pitching tonight. Uh, uh, Severino, like the Yankees, one of the best Yankees starting pitchers, is pitching. They brought a guy. I don't know this guy, but they brought a guy, one of their best players from AAA. On a rehab stint to Double A to play in the playoffs. I mean, they're, what, they're, they, again, they really want to win the Double A crown. Yeah, they're putting a bunch of major leaguers here in the playoff matchup on the rehab assignments. And I get they got to do the rehab assignments, but it's it's the playoffs. These guys have been playing all year to get here, and it's some um, shenanigans. I I could see calling shenanigans on that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's where it comes down to, like. They they could make rules against it, but then everyone realizes that like double A triple A doesn't mean anything. They're all like rehabbing for the majors is more important than whatever's going on in double A, even if it is the playoffs. So they'll never make rules against it. Yeah, I know, I know. It's just uh, it's annoying when that happens. I remember it happened like two years ago, or three years ago, when like Travis Hafner was was on a rehab assignment, I think for Cleveland, and they and he was like he destroyed the the playoffs. I don't know. Well, you won't you won't see that down at the Delmarva playoffs. Well, that's what I was saying. I was saying like let let's um bring up Grayson Rodriguez. His season's done. Let's send down Ryan Mountcastle. I mean, the Orioles aren't going to win. Send, Can we option send Hunter Harvey down? Yeah, put Har- Hunter Harvey down there. Put him there back there to close out games. But anyway, we'll see. Tonight's the first game of this. Uh, I think it's best out of five series for the Bowie Championship, and we're playing the Yankees. How appropriate. Yeah. They should send Chris Davis down. He's not playing in the majors. No, we want to win the playoffs, Josh. <laughs> oh, okay. So we're not trying gotcha. to tank. Bowie's not trying to tank. We get nothing for Bowie tanking. Uh, but right now it's tied 2-2 two to two in the fourth inning. Uh, we got uh, Bo- Bowman started for us, and um, I think Jordan Montgomery started for the Yankees affiliate. Um, but, yeah, so it's whatever. It, it's, it's double A, so it doesn't matter. I just it's annoying. It's more annoying because the Yankees using all their ma- ma- major leaguers in the Double A playoff system. Whatever. Anything else going on down there? I mean, De- Demarva was eliminated last week from the playoffs, so they're done. A little disappointing so we- because they had the best record in the regular season, so you know you had high hopes for them, uh, but they were eliminated right. rather quickly from the playoffs. So Bowie's the only minor league team left playing. Yes, uh, Norfolk didn't make the playoffs. So Bowie's kind of and Frederick didn't. So Bowie, is the last team standing, and, and of course lower than Delmarva, the Gulf Coast League. We had the best record in the Gulf Coast League, but the playoff were canceled because of Josh and Hurricane Dorian, which never even hit Florida. I don't think, but the game was still canceled for the the Gulf Coast League championship. How are you going to cancel the game and the hurricane doesn't even hit the state? How does that happen? That's messed up. Uh, uh, extra know. cautious. Yeah, extra cautious. Good, good, good. It's always good to be cautious. You don't mess uh, with the hurricane. That's right. Uh, but Florida was safe, and Alabama's safe too. So <laughs> thank goodness. It's all, it's all good news. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's something to watch. The Bowie Bay Sox 
playing one to September. We'll see how long their their season lasts. I'm glad to see the other thing to note about the Orioles, and then I'll, I'll shut up about the Orioles because it's really not much worth watching. This is a really important tryout for Mason Williams, a guy who's been playing center field almost every day now for the Orioles, a uh, guy who been kind of playing in the minors forever, waiting for his chance. So I, I really am rooting hard for Mason Williams, and I hope he plays well and, and gets a shot next year to stick around to be our starting center fielder because, I mean, we don't have a center fielder. Um, and Austin Hayes, I expect next year will start in AAA to prove he can play extended period of time while healthy. Um, I'm curious to see what happens to Cedric Mullins um, in the offseason. They said, I was just to Michael Elias, by the way, talk about Cedric Mullins, who hit, hit the cycle uh, actually a couple of days ago for mm-hmm. Bowie. That was good to see. But he said, like, they're going to change the way Cedric Mullins swings the bat. Like, Michael Elias is pretty forthcoming saying in the offseason they're going to work with how Cedric Mullins swings the bat. And that made me think, I don't know how much the Orioles got involved in the offseason with players' swings and and all and pitchers' uh, like wind-ups. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how often the old regime got involved with off-season workouts from minor right, league players. Right. It was all talk. The only times we'd hear it would be about Chris Davis, but we never really heard about it about the minor leaguers unless they were down in Sarasota or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, I, so I, I, we, knew, I mean, sounded, like, we knew Trey would always go and work out in, at Vanderbilt. Yeah. So it sounded like so, everyone kind of did their own thing. Right. And I wonder if that and Brady, a little Remember, bit. that was Brady's job. Brady would travel around and work yeah, with and the guys. Yeah, and he had a crew in California that would do yeah. stuff. Yeah, so I'm curious because he mentioned, Michael Elias mentioned about Cedric Mullins and changing his swing. I'm, I'm curious how, like, is that going to be with a lot of players where they're going to take him and say, here's what we're going to have you do during the offseason? That'd be awesome. Well, Why not get involved? That's great. I'll tell you what, to go full circle here, full circle here, a great offseason, I mean, can turn you into a great player. Hashtag Lamar Jackson, not bad for running back. I mean, <laughs> Lamar Jackson's a guy, right? Who must have? He must have crushed it in the off season. Like worked his not bad for tail running, off in the off season to get to where he is now. Sure. And you and we heard stories. And even in like uh, preseason, people would say Lamar Jackson looks good. And I didn't believe it at all because it's preseason, right? And people talk about him doing all the stuff that Joe Flacco never did. Not to bring Joe Flacco into it because we shouldn't compare him all the time. But Joe Flacco was kind of. Um, Criticized for not doing the offseason workouts, for not getting together with wide receivers, for not doing all the things that Lamar Jackson did this offseason. Yeah, but Kyle Bowler used to actually do that and get everyone together. Yeah. And that didn't work for him. Yeah, and I, so you got to have talent, too. You started to hear that more and more about Flacco like after he got paid. Then he became a veteran. After he had, he becomes a veteran. He's not gonna, kids. He, he might have done that when he was younger, like Lamar Jackson is doing now. Who knows what the future holds, but Lamar Jackson wins a Super Bowl and gets a gigantic paycheck. He may not be Mr. Gung-Ho off-season workout with the receivers guy anymore. It's just human nature. Right. Bert, you're so right. cynical, it makes me sick. No, it's what happens. Cobb Bowler bought that house in Serena Park because it had a big field behind it uh, when he was a single guy. And then he would have all the receivers out there because he was a single guy and they'd throw the ball around. Uh, Flacco would have uh, get together with Todd Heap and all the guys – to watch, not Todd Heap, who was the other tight end he'd get together with? Dennis Pitta. Dennis Pitta to watch The Bachelor and stuff together. When he was single. They, when he was single. Yep, it's, it's they, the he marriage. Had, he had like 17 kids and didn't care about spending time away from practice. It's just like... Tori Smith had a job when he was single. It's just like any of us. Think about, think about how much else we did 
when we were single versus when we were adults or when we were married and with kids. And, and, and to bring the kids back into the equation, look at how many Super Bowls uh, Philip Rivers has won compared to how many kids he has. Something yep. doesn't add up. Yep. A little less kids, maybe Good a little point. more Super Bowls. Yep. That's a great point, Bert. Great, 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 great point. <laughs> how it's amazing how many great points I bring up on this show. <laughs> I know. And every, right. Who's that guy a few years ago in Hard Knocks that had like a dozen kids, didn't even remember their name? Rod- no Super Bowl for Rogers him. Rodgers Cromarty. Right. That's right. Right. Um, and Lamar Jackson, but you know how old Lamar Jackson is? 24? No. 22. 22. Yeah. Maybe 22 years old. Yeah. Bert, what were you doing at 22? Uh, hey, not leading a franchise to come coming back and you know a lot of a lot of partying in downtown Nashville. Yeah, I kind of say Lamar Jackson <laughs> is so perfect in so many ways. I love his press conferences. I love his hair. His personality. I love his, his personality. The way I love he speaks. his tweets. Yep. The way he speaks. The way other people, All other right. teammates speak about him. Lamar Jackson is literally if you would make a quarterback if you make a quarterback in like a lab. It would come out as Lamar Jackson. I, I cannot even, find any flaw in Lamar Jackson. Even his press conference was way better this year than last year. Like, he learned how to handle all that and handle the media. He's just His tweets are perfect. Right. They're not, like, he, he's, arrogant, he's but they're matured. also, like, fun and confident. He does that confident yeah. thing without being arrogant, which I don't know how people right. can do that. Don't worry. He'll let us all down at some point. Well, right now he can do no wrong. We'll enjoy it it's now. It's a good right week. Now, it's a good week. He, and he I'll, has a I will QB rating. I will always come back to draft day when he said uh, that he's going to bring some Super Bowls to the Ravens. Uh, believe that, and I, <laughs> right. I love that. That is my first takeaway from uh, Lamar Jackson when he became a Raven on draft. And you day. believe that, Bert? Right? I believe it. He told me to believe it. That's <laughs> the confidence I want to see from a young kid coming in to revolutionize the most boring franchise in the NFL, which he's done already. We're- in Droves. We're just gonna have to get past the the Patriots. I I, I don't I care. Bring we, it on. I don't bring care if on. we lose to the Patriots as long as it's not boring. As long as there's no dump off passes to uh, Dennis Pitta and whoever happens to be playing running back this week. Hey, the tight end Bert was still the leader. I love Mark. Yeah, it was still Mark. Mark Andrews. Andrews is a beast, though, man. And as long as it's not going to Mark Andrews on every single passing play, which it yeah. didn't. He got he yeah. had what eight receptions. But they were, it was spread around. If Joe Flacco's behind the center, every pass is to Mark Andrews all day oh, by long. by the way, Mark Andrews caught for over 100 yards. So it wasn't like eight passes for 50 yards. He got over 100 yards catch. Yes, yards after catch. There were so many yards after catch. Yards after contact. It was, yes. it was wonderful to watch. Yes. I don't remember the last time Burt's been so excited He's, about Ravens football. He's fired up. Hyped up, up man. It's, it's, a different, it's a different Ravens team than... There ever has been, at least since we started doing this show. Yep. Correct. Dropping 59. Uh, 50 burger. All right. all right. Ready to get out of here? Yes. We got to get ready for next Sunday, Bert, right? Absolutely. I need to get my rest. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys and girls. Thanks for listening. You can check out a bunch of Josh and Bert's old tweets. <laughs> and actually my old tweets by following I, I was going to say I jumped in with some of yours today too I know I got so many bad old tweets oh and I want to say that I, I firmly believe that Josh must have deleted all his tweets where he said he loved Joe Flacco I didn't and, he hate, and he hates Lamar Jackson because I couldn't find any of those tweets but I know they're out there I never tweeted they're that. out there I never tweeted how that. much Josh hates Josh up. hates Lamar Jackson it's a terrible decision Matt, Matt. <laughs> those, those, yeah, those Matt, are more 
Mark Twitter tried to, clips. He had to, Matt I tried mean, to jump in today by following like positive Chris Davis tweets uh, and tweet uh, those uh, out. Yeah. So I went on and started tweeting all his Brian Mattis crap. Uh, we all we all get behind certain players at certain times. Yeah. Um, Josh said, by the way, just to rehash that. Um, hey, see my nice new Lamar jersey, brand new, straight from China. <laughs> oh, oh wow! How come that's hung up behind your Denver Flacco jersey? That's weird. Well, it's recency effect. <laughs> by, by the way, it was almost four years to, to the day that Josh says on Twitter, if Davis stays, he will one day hit the warehouse. And Josh also said, please bring Davis back next year. Hashtag money. It was almost four years ago Josh tweeted those tweets out. Man, I wish that we had the Davis from four years ago. Look at those stats, and they deserve that tweet. That's yeah. that. Davis died. The warehouse is actually going to hit Davis on his way out the door. Yeah, it's like uh, that Space Jam aliens came and took over Chris Davis. He's not the same guy anymore. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but follow us on Twitter. You can follow Bert on Twitter. At Bert Rohde. Josh on Twitter. At Josh Rocco. And you can follow me at Section 336 and the show at Section 336 Show. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go Ravens. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. (laughs) 